0: A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, geniuses, tell us something we don't know hello babies Babies. welcome to baby geniuses i'm emily i'm lisa thanks for listening to our show today and every day i'm assuming you just listen to it every day somehow every single day you look at the length of every episode you divide it by (laughs) 14 and you listen to that exact length of a chunk until
1: the next episode this is the correct way to listen to our podcast and if you're not listening to it this way you're doing it wrong if you're not listening to it this way it's not canon yeah (laughs) i know we maybe should have told you that you know earlier we've been we've been doing this podcast for like a really long time now but
0: uh we're saying it now it's i don't think that responsibility ever fell to us i feel like (laughs) some things go unsaid I also disavow myself of any responsibility in general. So, <laughs> Can we do that now? Is that a thing we can do? No. Of all times in my life, now I can do that the least. <laughs> I know. Of all the times to do it. I'm not oh, responsible
1: man. and I pre-cancel myself.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, I had a really stupid idea that I probably shouldn't do because it's not my place. But I Uh-oh. was like... Should I offer to uncancel Louis C.K. if he donates enough money to progressive <laughs> candidates? <laughs> Be like, if you spend this much money and get this many progressive candidates elected, if you if donate you flip a- the Senate, <laughs> if
1: you donate enough money, I'll let you jerk off in front of me. <laughs> no, never mind. No,
0: <laughs> no, I'll just I'll uncancel you. <laughs> I will put you on the list of good guys. <laughs> There is a list. We keep updating it and, and revising it every day. Yes.
1: All all, all uh, women and, you know, <laughs> non-binary and, you know, uh, uh, people all have access to this list and all cis men yeah. don't. And, and we're all,
0: we're super coordinated about it and... <laughs> yeah,
1: we're all really organized and kind of think <laughs> as like a monolith, honestly. Yes, like, yes.
0: We all agree. And it's absolutely... Uh, totally my right to accept your non-apology on behalf of the people you (laughs) hurt. Right. And
1: the parameters uh, by which someone gets canceled, we have a very, like, organized approach to that. Like, it's yes, very yeah. clear, like, and black and white, like, what's right and what's wrong. Enforcement
0: mechanisms, as you can tell, like, mm-hmm. it's working. We're effectively canceling people. We never have to hear from them again. They're not continuing to perform and make money and do shows. And It's a seamless system. Like it's It really is. It's really... <laughs>
1: is the worst
0: bit. <laughs> this is the worst bit. But the bit would be that I'd offer to uncancel, but I would say like, but I am not responsible for everyone else still canceling. You. I am not responsible. Uh this is but bad. it might just go go to him into giving enough money anyway. This is bad, uh, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> good. That's all I want. This is why I talk about things like this on the podcast and not online where we can't talk out all the nuance.
1: We can barely talk about this on the podcast. (laughs) 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 I'm like, man, humor really gets me through so many things. Like, okay, we had like an earthquake like two nights ago. And it scared the dickens out of me. Um, And then the only way I could, you know, because Adam was like, well, let's just go to sleep. And I was like, but that's when the earthquake will get us. Like, it'll come back and get us. Um, And he was like, bed is safe. So I'm like, "Okay." And the only way I like felt okay about it was that Adam and I then like rehearsed what positions we wanted to be discovered in. If we were like (laughs) Pompeyed, we went through a few different. I think it was just like embracing, like, you know, with cupping each other's, you know, uh, junk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it really like made me feel okay.
0: That's good. And I was able to sleep. Um I'm glad. That was a scary earthquake. It was we're scary. recording this we're recording this a week early just so everyone knows. Um So this was like the day
1: that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and then there was a scary earthquake and everyone was just like,
0: "Come on!" Yeah. I was like, could, I would like less things to happen today. Yeah. (laughs) Too many things happened on that day. Uh, Yeah. It was a rough, it was a rough day for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, I cried a lot. Yeah. Uh, And then I felt like uh, there was an immediate, I just felt like immediate sort of internet politics whiplash around everyone's different reactions to it. And it felt like there wasn't space for people to feel what they were feeling and it also felt like it's it, it just like so much compressed so much stress and you know I tried not to look like I, I purposely like really didn't
1: look at what people were saying about it on Twitter and um you know That's how so smart you, you know how I love to lurk on Twitter but I, this time I was like nope I'm not going to and then on Instagram I kind of just scrolled past anything where there was like a long take about her <laughs> I was like I, I can't yeah. you know like um, I did think about, like, how we, I learned about her on this podcast. Um, we had Guy oh, yeah. Branham on in, uh, I think it was 2013.
0: It was, yeah. yeah.
1: Ages ago. And he talked about, like, why she's cool. And I just, I, like, didn't really know much about her. It was kind of... It was, like, right on the cusp of, like, the
0: explosion of, like, all the kind of Etsy, (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg stuff. Yes, it was pre-Notorious RBG, I think.
1: It was. um, And it's just, like, wow, I learned so much. And it's just, it's amazing, like, how much stuff has happened since we started this podcast.
0: I know. That's another really surprising thing about (laughs) looking back at our old episodes is just be like, oh, wow, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. We missed our anniversary, I know. 9 9 years? 8 years? 9 years? Yeah, I forget. 9? I think 9. I, I think sh- we started in 2011, right? Or was it 2012? I
1: don't remember. I don't either. It's a long ass time. <laughs> it's been a long it's almost a decade, which is crazy. We have to make yeah. it we have to make it to 10 years at least.
0: Yes. And do a blowout 10 year special. That's right. I don't know what would we even do. <laughs> all, all the special guests, Louis C.K. will be there. You know, un- the
1: uncancelled Louis C.K. will come.
0: Yes, the uncancelling ten-year anniversary <laughs> Baby Geniuses we'll, is special. <laughs> we'll have an uncancelling
1: party for him as our ten-year.
0: Yeah. Oh, horrible.
1: Ugh. I'm so sorry. What a terrible I'm idea. Sorry, I'm joking about this. I really hate it. I hate <laughs> that it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I just you, know, you have a thought in your head and you just kind of have to.
0: And you just have to say it. Yeah. Because I, you I... have
1: like a horrible joke brain. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's uh it's been a tough couple days. I also have like now a sinus infection from crying and from the air being bad, Oh yeah,
1: I have just like horrible boogers, just the worst boogers yeah. I've ever had in my life. Um, it just feels like i'm I'm constantly on the brink of the worst head cold. it's a uh-huh. it's all the smoke, right like.
0: Yeah, the air quality has been really bad, obviously, in California and the whole West Coast. It's been really scary. It's finally starting to get better. And I can't believe I didn't get a sinus infection until now because I'm so prone to them. But I'm so um, sorry you have a sinus infection. That's so uncomfortable. Yeah. uh, The sky is blue right now, though, which is so nice. Yeah, it hasn't been blue. I have been like the sky has been gray because of the smog and the haze. Like it's been really scary and bad but it has also made me feel like it's fall yeah (laughs) so I've been like like I made shepherd's pie the other day and like hot chocolate like it's still hot out but just the sky looking like that makes me like feel like it's autumn and I get kind of sad and I want to be cozy and I just start making all of these like really like hearty. I mean, you're not, <laughs> kind of. you're not
1: totally wrong. Like that, that crispness is starting to get on the air and like, it is getting darker sooner, but it just happens to also still be like 90 degrees. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird time. I, uh, should I, uh, I was
1: telling you before we started recording about Uh, this Nixon thing and how it's making me feel better should I should I share that with our listeners why not (laughs) um, we were joking that both of our uh, well Emily's husband and my boyfriend are reading uh, big books and and then disseminating the information to us in like digestible chunks but um, and and, that is
0: feminism and
1: that might read this book when he's done but probably not if i'm being honest um
0: he's reading i read i read the short article version of the book that (laughs) That my husband read um
1: adam's reading nixon land and he's telling me little bits and pieces of it and like just hearing like about how shit was in the 60s is actually making me feel a little bit better about current times like not great um because, you know, we're all doomed. We're, like, completely fucked. But um, things were a little, <laughs> little more chaotic then. Like, like the thing about, like, JFK getting killed, then LBJ decided not to run for a second term because he got primaried by Bobby Kennedy. Then Bobby Kennedy got killed. And so and then Nixon won. Yeah. And, like, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy got assassinated in the same year. And like everyone was being drafted, the Vietnam War was insane. There were like huge riots in every city with people burning down buildings. It's like okay, so like I don't know. It, it gave me a little like okay, there can be like horrible unrest, and then like you know it'll there there are periods of that, and then periods of calm. You know, and so hope maybe maybe we'll get there. I don't know. Maybe it's we'll just, get there. It just like having looking back at like a historical event with that sort of calm you know lens of like this is what happened and here's what it led to yeah yeah it is just so soothing you're like sort of removing all the individual you know human tragedies from it um but yeah i don't know
0: (laughs) so yeah wait what about what about that made you feel better just like the idea that like we have survived a lot
1: yeah yeah and like good things came out of it like it because that was so awful um you know, it, it led to more liberal things in the future. And like, you know, people uh, rose up against things that they, you know, people stood for what they believed in and they survived. And I, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's interesting to hear about like how Nixon was this like weirdo loser, but he capitalized on white fear in like such a similar way to Trump. It's just like, I know we all yeah. knew that already, but it's just like interesting to hear
0: about it. It's interesting hearing about how so much was the same and yet How do we get Trump to resign like Nixon? (laughs) I know. It is a little frustrating. Oh, history
1: just keeps repeating itself and we're not going to like learn these lessons. We're just going to become apathetic again and let these horrible things happen. But I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of lessons to learn from the way that change came about in those days, which was like people basically like had to fight really hard and make things kind of chaotic in order for the people in power to like want it to stop so bad that they made concessions like
1: yeah yeah that's why like, when when people get upset about like oh the the rioters are like they're looting and they're being destructive it's like well you have to to create change
0: sometimes like it's like what do you that's part that's part of it that's, that's part a of tactic it. it's yeah. like Property damage is so... I mean, the other thing, too, that I keep thinking about is, like, anyone who's mad about, like, loss of property needs to understand that the largest property crime that is happening is wage theft. Yes. And it is 100% unpoliced. (laughs) Like, corporations are stealing wages from their workers at a rate that is higher than any other property crime. And it's that's what we should be mad about. Anyway, the thing that made me feel hopeful that my husband was reading about was there's this (laughs) book by David Ferris. I like our book club. (laughs) Yeah, our book club where we talk about what the men read while we are preparing the food. (laughs) Oh, I'm not preparing food, Adam's doing that too. (laughs) and that's feminism that is feminism um i hope you are listening to this podcast to find out what feminism is this episode's really weird and i like this it. episode is really weird we're we're both at the ends of our ropes um we're gonna dump the whole thing just dump it <laughs> well so peter's reading this book called the kids are all left which is a terrible title it's a terrible title but the premise of the book is basically, and there was an article by the, the author in the Washington Post, um, his name is David Ferris, and it's sort of dispelling the myth that that people get more conservative as they get older and looking at the way like baby boomers voted versus how millennials have voted and um, looking at like what the actual demographics have been um throughout you know the cycles of elections of all of these generations and what he found was basically that like it's not true (laughs) like baby boomers like most people vote in the same way sort of as their life goes on like that's so
1: interesting because i totally believed in that i thought i thought like for some reason maybe like that buying a house and like having kids would make you more conservative because i think in some ways it does like it yeah. you have to be a little bit vigilant against becoming more you know, um, but I I guess I'm wrong.
0: I mean, I think that there are some people that um that do change their political beliefs in their lives, but it's rare. Yeah. Um there's basically no evidence that um young Democrats will get more conservative with age. That like the scholarly to hear. Yeah. The scholarly consensus is that partisanship hardens with time. I'm quoting now. And only truly disjunctive events like a divorce or a move to a radically different part of the country seem to have any discernible impact on voting and partisanship. <laughs> a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Gavin Newsom's ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Kimberly Guilfoyle. Not uh, like not like he's the most principled. He would be a Republican if he thought he needed to be.
0: <laughs> <I'm> yeah. <sure. laughs>
1: he's just like an empty husk of a person. It's, um, it's very. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Gavin, if you're listening and that hurts your feelings. But. But do something
0: about everything. (laughs) Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. So and like the GOP has survived this long in part because turnout among millennial voters was lower than that of other age groups. But that's very much starting to change. And millennial voting doubled between the 2014 and 2018 midterm elections. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and Generation Z uh, voted at thir- a 30% turnout in 2018, seven points higher than the numbers for early millennials in 20- 2006. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically, the most people have the beliefs that they have throughout their lives, even though if they change in certain ways in terms of partisanship. And younger generations are drastically more liberal than the generations that came before us. Hooray! Uh, And like we're going to save our asses. Yeah. This idea that baby boomers were like super liberal and got conservative is actually kind of a myth based on how overrepresented hippies were in the media. (laughs) Um, And so it's sort of it's really encouraging that like if we can it really made me think like the most important um, obviously like voting is not the only way to claim political power and it's definitely one of the faultiest ways to exert political power and it is but it's not perfect and yeah. it's not not even anywhere close to perfect but it makes me feel like if we can focus on enfranchising and restoring voting rights that like conservative uh policies and um politicians will lose decline
1: yeah yeah. I, I I did not know that um, conservatives were the minority in our country. I, really? I feel like I should know that, and I didn't. Um, I only found that out recently because I just just like, well, but they're so pervasive and they have so much power right now. How is that possible? And it's like, oh, because they're limiting uh, access to voting.
0: <laughs> yes, they have been. They have um, been working really hard to make sure that um, uh, that. They are not uh behel- beheld into the popular vote. Right. In but they're but they are
1: vastly outnumbered by liberals. Um, yeah. which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, they haven't won a popular vote for president in a really long time. Yeah. Um and I just think
1: that's that's so weird <laughs> that they have so much power <laughs> when they don't yeah. represent the majority of what the country wants. Yeah, it's
0: it's more than weird. It is criminal. Yeah, I (laughs) Um, feel like
1: it's misrepresenting us as a country. But um, yes, in many ways,
0: that feeling is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really and it's and it's really frustrating. I mean, it's weird because I'm like, it's even if they were the majority, I wouldn't be cool with them being our representatives. So, yeah, Um, but the fact that they aren't is really important to remember when it's extra frustrating yeah uh yeah it's i don't like how much i have to learn about (laughs) politics i know i'm
1: sorry i know i sound so stupid whenever i talk about this stuff like i really don't i just i wish my brain was smarter and better at it and it's not but i'm doing my best (laughs)
0: same and i'm not yeah i i feel like don't uh, Please don't yell at me. Don't
1: yell at me. I'm. Um.
0: <laughs> We're all trying to do the best that we can. Uh, I'm not ignoring. What's going
1: on? Thank you so much, by the way, for recommending voteforward.org uh, last time because I signed up and I've already written 50 letters uh, to voters in swing states. That's amazing. And it just I don't know. Like, I, I hope it's helpful. You know, I don't know how much my letters will help, but it just felt good to like do something. Um, And yeah, now it, I'm writing 50 postcards for the Nithya campaign here in L.A. She's running for city council. Please vote. for That's Nithya. awesome. Um, and I don't know. It's something it's something to do.
0: Nithya Raman is one of the most inspiring candidates I've ever encountered. Seriously. Yeah. There's so much, so much of her platform is stuff that it makes me mad that we aren't already doing. Yeah. Uh, So I'm really glad. I wish I lived in her district and could vote for her. I know. Um, But yeah, uh, thank you for writing those letters. Thank you to everyone else who has signed up to write letters or postcards or anything. Uh, If you, and you know, like I said on the last one, like... If you're not excited about the presidential nominees, get excited about some local races, some swing districts, anything else that you feel like you can uh, get excited about. If you don't want to get involved in electoral politics or elections or anything, I'm sure you're also very, I don't know. There's there's lots to do to get involved. We all got to be involved right now. And I I also hope just because I'm talking about the importance of the election, people don't think that that's the only thing that you and I are doing to try and change things. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I get that reaction from people online that like (laughs) just because I think elections are important, that means it's the only thing I'm counting on to change people's outcomes and i think that that's unfair i feel like a lot of people are using yeah people's very simple political messages online as a proxy to get angry at other people that they're actually angry at <laughs> yes there's a lot of yeah. that happening right now yeah Ugh, anyway so the message is, feel... don't
1: be angry at us <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it always you know comes you back can to be, that be as angry at me know, as you want to be i don't I care Yeah. It's not even that I don't care. It's just like that's a very small burden to carry compared to what other people are dealing with. Oh, definitely. I'm just being childish. Yeah. (laughs) Last night, like, uh, we had had, like, uh, like a Zoom game night planned that just no one felt like doing. So instead, (laughs) I just, like... I got high and I sat on my couch with my feet in a foot massager that I bought (laughs) just writing letters to vote to voters and listening to an ASMR video. And I was like, I was like, I could do this for hours. Like, I'm really a no, I'm in an okay spot. All things considered, even though I was very sad and my head hurt a lot. Anyway, what am I talking about, Lisa? I don't know. Uh, What are any of us talking about? What are any of us talking about? I want to talk about the fact that we got a very
1: good goose email. We got a really good goose email. I was about to say <laughs> uh, we got a good goose email and we got a good email about the Farallone Islands. Oh, yes. I Yes.
0: I have them both open right now. Me Do you too. want to read one of them and I can read the other one? Uh, sure. I'll read about geese. Uh, cause yes. that's kind of my thing. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so this person wrote, they have geese. Um, their name is Aaron and they wanted to clarify why geese are good at guarding chickens. Um, cause Martha's geese are guarding her chickens. Uh, yes. so she wrote, they are big. A lot of predators who would otherwise find an easy meal in an unsuspecting chicken, like hawks, raccoons, and foxes will not fuck with a goose, much less a whole flock of geese. Great. Uh, They are super alert and have amazing eyesight. I'll often be sitting outside with my flock and suddenly see all of my geese staring up at the sky. They tilt their heads to the side to focus one eye. It's so cute. Sometimes I try to find out what they spotted, and it takes me a long time because the object is so far away. Just a tiny speck to my dumb human eyes. But the geese will watch birds and planes until they are completely 100% out of sight. It's so cool to witness. They always know when a hawk is around. Uh, They are loud. They make the big honk. And it alerts everyone within a 500-yard radius, (laughs) thanks to their honks, (laughs) uh, that something is wrong. Their honking allows chickens time to run to safety, startles predators, and also alerts humans so they can come to the rescue. They're also great because they will honk whenever they see a human, so I always know when someone is walking up to my house. Anyways, that's that on geese. I love them so much. I have a Pomeranian, Toulouse, and Emden. Their names are Noodle, Moose, and Weasel. (laughs) <laughs> uh, thank you for this email. It's great. I, um, I love it when a hot farm babe writes to us.
0: Yes. And they also attached a video of the geese um uh eating eating her clothes. The hair. Yeah. Oh the
1: hair. Yeah, she was eating her hair. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, very good. And in it I like that we have two bird emails, one about good birds and one about bad birds. <laughs> geese i think are still bad birds but i i understand why they're useful in this context i have come around on them based on that email but um yeah they yeah. almost seem cute based on that video but they scare the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> we got another email about um the farallon islands which we spoke about on the last episode um someone says hello from sf since it's so often too foggy to see them, the Farallon Islands are mostly known for a point of reference for air clarity, as in, wow, it's so clear you can see the Farallon Islands today. But they are also famous for shipwrecks, the egg wars, and now bird research. My friend is a marine biologist, but hates (laughs) seabirds. Ten years or so ago, when she was in school at UC Santa Cruz, hi, Emily, I went there. Uh, she was disappointed to find out that she was placed in a six-week stint studying seabirds on the Farallon Island. Is what a she, punishment. What a punishment. To be like, I love marine biology except for the bird part. And they're like, well, congratulations, you're studying the birds. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, She had to live on the islands with a few other student researchers. Each week, a boat would deliver food and apparently handles of booze as requested by the students. I mean, what else are you going to do on a giant rock? She did not learn to love the birds while there. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, they are very aggressive and rightly so and will dive bomb your head to protect their nests. Needless to say, helmets are required anytime you step outside the research building. (laughs) As you can imagine, it is cold, wet, and windy out there. Anytime next time you find yourself in the Outer Sunset, you should check out the Devil's Teeth Bakery. The special breakfast sandwich is so, so tasty, and they have made-to-order beignets on Sundays. (laughs) Wait, where is that? Um, Outer Sunset in San Francisco, it's, like, on the far west side of San Francisco, like, right by... So, as close as you can get to the Farallon Islands in San Francisco, basically. I was like, is
1: this cafe on the Farallon Islands? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: No, but it's, like probably from a place where you could maybe see them on a clear day. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is great. I really love this. Yeah. Um thank you guys for informing us of the horrors and joys of birds. Thank you. And we've I we've, think I saw We've got I the, think I saw a hawk in my neighborhood recently. But,
1: oh, did you? Yeah, I see them yeah. sometimes. Uh sometimes they make it over this way. I see them in Griffith Park a bunch. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um Oh, I just wanted to say sometimes uh, you all write us really nice emails. We've gotten a lot of really sweet ones lately, uh, but we don't always read them on the pod, but we appreciate them nonetheless. Yes.
0: Sometimes it feels indulgent to read them on the pod, but we uh, do appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I like
0: them. I do, too. They make uh, me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Bustin' makes me feel good. Whoo. <laughs> um (laughs) someone also i also wanted to mention this because uh they linked us to the wikipedia page but it's way too short to ever cover but they said uh they were talking about uh because we talked about eggs so much they said did you know that clowns can trademark their makeup by painting it on an egg and sending it to this museum that's full of creepy little clown eggs
1: this like just was so upsetting and blew my mind and I looked at all the pictures of the eggs with the clown makeup pr- painted on them and so it's like I, I, I can't even understand it because so many clowns look the same so why <laughs> wh- what are they they're they're like copywriting their makeup looks by their, painting their
0: makeup pattern I didn't see any of the pictures
1: oh I, I googled it and found pictures and there's just okay. l- lots of eggs do mm. I just look up clown eggs uh, yes yeah and why eggs and? Oh wow! Yeah,
0: they're so, so many- scary. And-,
1: and so many of them are really old timey. Like they are, they're bad. Yeah, they're
0: <laughs> bad. <laughs> like racist or what?
1: Oh yeah, some of them are racist for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Some. Of I them mean, are- some of them are are like very French clowns, which I don't like.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a French clown, but now a- who's racist? <laughs> uh yeah what do you not like about french clowns lisa and get specific
1: (laughs) (laughs) um no i don't no no i don't i don't think that's wise all right i I don't love clowns in general
0: it's not my sense of humor I've never heard it explained that way. Everyone's always like clowns are so creepy and no one's ever just like, I mean, that's just uh, not my not my sense of humor, not my sensibility. Like, I understand, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, sarcasm. I'm not really, you know,
1: <laughs> it doesn't make me laugh. It's just I'm like, it's like they, they're telling jokes and I'm just like, eh? I don't.
0: I've seen some good clowning that made me laugh, but I will say at but the you time went to clown I was school. I didn't go to clown school. Oh, I you're... just, my, my boyfriend at the time did and all of my roommates did. Um, <laughs> so, so I went... was pretty, I was just sort of deeply um, embedded in clown culture at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Is I wh- get, I, I am, get
1: it. Am I being super <laughs> offensive right now? Am I like, not at
0: all. Talking because uh, about a now culture that I'm, I don't understand now that I'm out, you know, I'm out. Mm-hmm. i, I I don't think it hits as hard. You know, like I, when I watch it again, I'm not as interested in it. <laughs> I just keep clicking through these pictures, looking at the eggs, like trying
1: to understand. And I'm just like, uh, uh, I just like, I cannot process these images. Yeah. Um, they're,
0: they're upsetting. Google image search clown eggs. If you want an upsetting time. Uh, I've been rewatching the Simpsons and it's just, it gets incre It's increasingly odd to me. The character of crusty, the clown, <laughs> I know he's based on a real person, but because that person was so like obscure and niche, I don't even remember the guy's name. It's like there's no there's no analog, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the idea of a clown being popular as like a kids' TV host is just so confusing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know the kids love him so much. The kids love him so much. It's he's yeah. It's weird. Um should we do uh, Chunch Chat? Yeah. It's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony Ben Chunch. Chunch.
1: When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find
0: wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch and Chunch.
1: So there's no new Chunch news. <laughs> Just like say the <laughs> same. All, every episode now. Um,
0: <laughs> I but, have uh, an update.
1: <laughs> but uh, Martha has released her CBD line, um, oh. which is exciting. And there's a great picture of her posing for the New York Times where she has like her CBD gummies like on a necklace and she just looks so blissed out. Um, oh, wow. And uh, when she was talking about it, she said her friend Snoop Dogg introduced her to the palliative effects of cannabis at Comedy Central's 2015 roast of Justin Bieber. <laughs> she said we sat next to each other for seven hours and snoop must have smoked 10 giant fat blunts and i inhaled all that smoke i felt really good (laughs) she said
0: these words out loud and that's the only time she had gotten high before i guess so um that seems unreasonable but also i guess
1: it is possible who knows but now she has a line of cbd products um She says, I pop 20 of them and just feel okay. But some of my friends do too and feel high. Oh my God, it makes sense. She's so hard. She has to have 20. Um, She said, I'm very interested in what is new and what is happening. I'm an early adopter of a lot of things that keeps you very on your toes. It keeps you extremely avant-garde. It keeps you current. I want to be current. I just, I love that so much.
0: That's
1: really- She thinks she's avant-garde because she's doing- Doing CBD gummies. um, it's such it's such a fifteen year old's way of talking about wheat, <laughs> but I also just I love it. I think it's so great. Um <laughs> I would love to try these gummies. they're thirty four ninety nine which seems a little high, but I don't know. maybe her gummy. Uh oh no for 30 gummies. So that's more oh, than okay. more than a dollar per gummy. I guess that's a normal pricing. I don't know. Um she also has some oil drops, uh Meyer Lemon CBD oil drops. I just I love the branding on this. It's oh. like so perfectly Martha Stewart. Um yeah, I would love some of those. Can
0: someone send us these? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, someone? can you can you order them in the mail? I think so. Um I, I, want, I want
1: them to advertise on our show. I feel like the cross promotion uh, opportunity here is is really perfect.
0: Yeah, I would love I, to be
1: able to endorse horses.
0: <laughs> she can't make that connection though. Like they would just be too close to you. I think mm. she has to keep you at arms arms length. I know she does.
1: But that's, the thing that's that she I said like about
0: <laughs> the thing that she said about wanting to be like on the cutting edge reminded me of. Um, I've been hearing a lot of like Jane Fonda interviews because she's promoting her book about um, climate change, mm-hmm. and uh, I love her so much. But uh, she just did an interview on Love It or Leave It that was great. Um, but I read this quote from her that I thought was so great and just made me so happy in The Guardian, where I don't remember what quite—I don't know if they like asked her a specific question to get to this, but she said. Um, but ju- I think it was just like asking about what it's like to work with young people in activism. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, it's the most exciting thing in the world to keep learning. She says, Aww. it's one of my mantras. It's more important to be interested than to be interesting. I feel like a student and that's really good. All these young people are so good at knowing what to do and not to do what to say and what not to say. And they provide tremendous insight. I'm just learning so much every day and it makes me so happy. It's a whole new chapter. That's so cute. And I just- I thought that was like a really beautiful attitude that you don't hear a lot from older people who are uh, getting involved. Um, I thought that that was really nice. Anyway, like
1: my that reminds me of my dad. I feel like he's always saying like that. He likes to stay curious and like,
0: yeah, I wish I was more curious. (laughs) 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 I feel like that's been a project of this podcast was like trying to force myself to become more curious. Oh, interesting it didn't work.
1: I'm curious but I'm also easily bored, so it's like
0: yes, the same hard combo. Yeah. And then when I get interested in something, I get frustrated that other people aren't as interested in it as me, even though I wouldn't be interested in it if they were talking to me about it. <laughs> 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 it's incredibly unfair. I'm a very unfair person. There's
1: probably like a whole community of like TikTokers that talk specifically about this phenomenon. <laughs> the algorithm knows i'm one
0: of these people (laughs) (laughs) um i did have a chunch chat update oh when i said that before i wasn't lying oh my god um which was that um in my trivia game that i've been playing weekly my uh uh someone on my team they who was running it this week one of the rounds was matching celebrities to their pet names And Ben Chunch was on the list, and I had to be like, "It's actually Ban Chunch. It's Bayan Chunch, please. It's pronounced Bayan Chunch." Yeah. Anyway, that's exciting. That's my Ben Chunch update. Is that does that conclude Chunch chat? Yeah, that concludes Chunch chat. We'll be right back with one on fun. I, 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 you, you know what you, you, you know what you, 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 you. 1 on fun Welcome to 1 on fun. Can <laughs> you say that? I forget how uh, our podcast works. Welcome to the question part
1: of the <laughs> podcast. If- <laughs> um Okay, this question is based on the article I've had open in a tab for a week, and I'm too afraid to read it. And it's about, like, migrating because of climate change. Um, Oh, jeez. I just don't want to read it. Um, Yeah. Emily, if you had to live in a different state in the United States of America, what state would you move to?
0: Oh. Um, That's a good question. I've only ever lived in California and New York. Um. I think I would like to live somewhere with uh good air quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh I don't know. I I I don't know if I've spent enough time in other states to know where I would like to live. So just um, based on your impressions. Just based on my impressions, I mean Maine seems cool in like a um Murder, She Wrote kind of way. Mm, yeah. I could see myself retiring there uh, and solving a bunch of crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one. <laughs> Everyone else there is also constantly solving crimes. So <laughs> yeah, everyone's I mean, like, all your neighbors are very suspicious of you. I would want to honestly look up, like, where's good for gardening. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I would want to live somewhere where I could grow a lot of stuff that I like to grow Mm-hmm. And it would be great if I could live somewhere temperate so that I could, you know, do some stuff into winter and not be stuck inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What about you? Uh,
1: <clears throat> maybe Michigan. But the winters are kind of harsh there. And the. Oh, yeah. Uh, My family has like a like a cottage there. Um. Oh, oh, yeah. My grandpa like built in the 40s. So I've been there a bit. Um, And it's nice. And there's yeah. lots of lakes to swim in, which I like, but the mosquitoes are gnarly. So I don't know. I've always thought about Colorado, but I think it's like too high altitude.
0: The elevation, yeah, it makes me feel kind of woozy. Makes but me feel so cool. sick. It is I, gorgeous I there. Spent, I have spent time in Colorado and I really liked it. It's so beautiful, but it's too yeah. white. A lot of these places are too white. Yeah. The I mean, the demographics
1: are like kind of boring, like, and just, <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like living in a diverse
0: city um i think i have to would i would probably want to move to like a swing state
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe north carolina oh yeah good yeah, food I there don't know. right um maybe yeah good food lots of lots of little like liberal enclaves i don't know yeah um anyway
1: uh ash is nice a lot of um a lot of people who are sick of like living in the city are moving to Asheville now and my friends who live in Asheville are pissed about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to uh sign up on this podcast to doing that as yeah, well but no it's not good yeah uh, but i do think about like oh yeah now that uh it seems like so much of our work is going virtual like i don't need to live in la
1: yeah isn't that exciting
0: yeah, I mean, it would be if I hadn't bought a house. <laughs> I know.
1: I don't want to leave. I like it here.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, okay, Lisa. Yes. Um, would you rather live in a very big underground house with no windows or a small tree house? Small tree house. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Are you kidding? That's so easy. (laughs) I am a little afraid of heights, so that would take some getting used to.
0: But that just tells me how important windows are to you.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the sense of freedom. um, And I'm like, I could definitely downsize. Like, I don't need so much stuff. That would be hard. I do like stuff, um, but I don't really need it. And then, like, yeah, I think it would be nice to live in the trees.
0: I just got... um, a one of those some of those vacuum bags for your clothes where you put them in a plastic thing and then you run the vacuum on it and it just like (laughs) shrinks them down so that they can take up less space because so much of my clothes I'm just not wearing yeah I realized how much how many of my clothes are just for when I am facing the outside world and I don't wear them just for myself
1: (laughs) yeah my closet is fully like a museum now yes
0: and I feel like they're starting to smell yeah my clothes are getting dusty. Here's what I want fan mail about. What do I, How do I make my clothes smell not bad? Yeah, have <laughs> you gotten from... one of those like cedar wood things? Yeah, I've those... got them all over the place. It's Me too. It's not doing Do, shit. do anything? <laughs> they don't do anything. What about like a lavender sachet? <laughs> I guess I, yeah, I guess I need to buy a bunch of fucking potpourri bags or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Poopery. It's uh, we've reached potpourri age. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Boring. It, it took a pandemic to get us there, but... I guess I should start trying to make my own potpourri with my fucking garden. Yeah, there you go. That's a good core habit. I should grow some stuff that would be good for potpourri plants. I bet you can use those lemons for potpourri. Oh, yeah, I bet I could. And well, I have some lavender growing. There you go. Lemon, lavender, potpourri. I'll take a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone wants a bag for Christmas because that's what I'm going to do now, I guess. That's great. I love it. I thought about growing loofah plants and then making that like a Christmas thing, but then I never did it. Wait, what? Excuse so, me? So, you know, like natural loofah, like loofahs, like the original loofahs are made out of plants. They grow what? on a vine like beans and then you like husk them basically like you take the skin off and you dry them. And that's what a loofah is made of. And then you I chop didn't it up. I know that yeah i watched some videos about how to grow them and i'm like i maybe should grow them like that's an interesting thing to grow anyway i would love a loofah with my potpourri please (laughs) that's my christmas wish um i think it's too late (sighs) i think i would have needed to plant them earlier but i'll look into it fine um all right that concludes one on fun we will be right back with wiki of the week Baby Geniuses is brought to you by Dipsy Stories and also by Horniness, as always. (laughs) Has your routine changed lately? Have you forgotten to check in with yourself? How are you feeling? Do you need a break? Dipsy can help. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and wellness sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever and whatever you're into. They gave us a free trial. I listened to some stories. They were very sexy. And I browsed their site, and they really are a very inclusive erotica site. They have all sorts of combinations. They have queer stories. They have all kinds of different uh, combinations of stuff going on. The wellness sessions can also help you unlock new confidence or heightened intimacy with your partner. And they're just very sexy. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash geniuses. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash geniuses. DipsyStories.com slash geniuses. oh yeah. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Matthew Knight. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Um, it is the Wikipedia page for... List of sandwiches. (laughs) This is a list of notable sandwiches.
1: A sandwich is a dish consisting of one or more pieces of bread with one or more fillings between them, or one slice in the case of an open sandwich. Sandwiches are a common type of lunch food, often eaten as part of a packed lunch. There are many types of sandwiches made from a diverse variety of ingredients. The sandwich is the namesake of John Montagu, 4th Earl of Sandwich, a British statesman.
0: (laughs) Major types of sandwich include... Two slices of bread with other ingredients between. Two halves of a baguette or roll with other ingredients between. Club sandwich. Hero hoagie or submarine sandwich. Open face sandwich. And pocket sandwich.
1: Sandwich cookies and ice cream sandwiches are generally not considered sandwiches in the sense of a bread containing food item, but they are named by analogy. This Wikipedia page is wisely not engaging in the argument of a hot dog being a sandwich. Uh, No, but it is
0: on the list, isn't it? Is it? Yes, it is. Um, Oh, controversial. uh, Yeah, hot dog, it says, a grilled or steamed food where the sausage is served in the slit of a partially sliced bun, also referred to as a hot dog bun, sometimes topped with ketchup, mustard, pickle relish, and other condiments. There you go. I Obviously, this is a very long list of sandwiches, a very complete. They all have pictures. I highly recommend opening up the page while you, we talk about this. We're not going to talk about all of them, but no. there are some notable ones that I definitely want to cover.
1: The first one that jumps out to me, can I just say, Uh is baked bean sandwich.
0: Yes. Okay. thank you, because I brought this up as well when I was talking about this page with Peter and he object. I think it's weird and he doesn't think it's weird.
1: Rob is shaking his head. No, he doesn't like it. Uh, It says the
0: place of origin for every sandwich.
1: This one's from the United States, Boston area, which is shocking to me because I would have assumed this came from England, but no, <laughs> it came from us. And it's canned, canned baked beans on white or brown bread, sometimes with butter, as if that's going to improve anything. Yeah. I could kinda- Yeah, no, I I, I almost understand it in that sometimes if you have like barbecue beans, you have a slice of bread on the side. And so combining those things, but it's just it's like with a with a full English breakfast, you have beans and you have toast. But I would never put the beans on the toast. No, it's too mushy. It's like too much mushy carbohydrate. It's like there's not there's no there there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, like a falafel is bean is a bean sandwich. Yeah, but it's got a crispy outside. Yeah. It's like
1: texturally, this the is a, this different is a enough. Goddamn yeah. nightmare. So This is
0: just one of those things though where I bet if we had grown up eating these, we'd be like, yeah, it's totally normal. Also, you know, if I
1: had one in front of me, would I try
0: eating it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um one of the first ones that um jumped out at me um was the um fairy bread. It's further down Um, and it is from Australia and New Zealand and it is white bread with sprinkles or uh, in the as it's referred to in the UK, hundreds and thousands on a spread of butter often cut into squares or triangles. So it's like a it's an open face sandwich, which just butter and sprinkles. Oh, which have you I mean, I could see being a kid and loving that.
1: But is this like as an, an adult, is this a new thing? Like, is this like like a millennial food trend or is this like an old thing? I think it's an old thing. I don't know. It seems new. Oh, it comes from Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. I really um,
0: don't like this. It seems gross. <laughs> a lot of these seem gross and I'm not trying. like it, they're just so fascinating to me. This, um, that's like food for a toddler. Yeah, a lot of these seem like food for toddlers. Like one is a chip buddy from the United Kingdom. It's just sliced white bread or a large flat bread roll filled with uh, french fries. Mm, that sounds good, though. <laughs> but how is that different than the bean sandwich? Mm, it's not Why not just really, eat the french fries? Cons- <laughs> I know, conceptually,
1: it's not I yeah. love potato chips in a sandwich. I think that's wonderful because it's crispy. Yeah, at least. I think that's great. You need crispiness. I think, uh, yeah, there, there's a donut sandwich. That's a sandwich made with a donut instead of bread and can be made with fried chicken, bacon, ham, sausage, cheese, et cetera. And that sounds like really over the top and unnecessary. But would I eat one right now? Yes, I would. Yeah. Would you eat a donkey burger?
0: What's a donkey burger?
1: It's chopped or shredded savory donkey meat in a bun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm a vegetarian, so no, but I so guess no. it's probably, would you eat, Lisa, a chow mein sandwich, which yes. originates in Massachusetts? It's a gravy-based chow mein mixture placed on a hamburger bun served hot.
1: This looks bad, but would I eat it? <laughs> yes, but this is, <laughs> this is not from China. This is from the United States. It's from the United States, from the Massachusetts area. <laughs> a lot of these bad sandwiches are coming from Massachusetts. I so just want to point out... <laughs> <laughs> oh, choripan. I, I love those. Those are from Argentina. That's grilled chorizo
0: on a crusty roll. Um, Here's another one that stood out to me, both because of the picture and the concept of a fruit sandwich, which is fruit, often such as banana, fig or pineapple, served on bread, often with mayonnaise. No, no, no. In the no, United no. States. Nope. That's in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> well, in other places, they don't put the mayonnaise on it. <laughs>
1: What are we doing? That's not okay. A fruit sandwich global. What? What are you thinking? Uh
0: yeah. A There's ga- a-,
1: a Gatsby is a deli style sandwich similar to the hoagie, often containing French fries. Prepared with <laughs> masala steak, chicken, polony, Vienna sausages, calamari fish, or steak. That's a lot of options. Oh, and it's from South Africa. The Gatsby. I would definitely eat a French fry Vienna sausage sandwich and I wouldn't (laughs) tell anyone about it. That does sound pretty good. It sounds Um, good.
0: Okay, here's one that uh, you should look at the picture. Uh, Fool's Gold Loaf. It originates (laughs) United States, Colorado, consists of a single warmed, hollowed out loaf of bread (gasps) filled with one jar of creamy peanut butter, one jar of grape jelly and a pound of bacon. In 1976, Elvis Presley and some of his friends flew to Colorado to consume them. This looks good,
1: but it just doesn't need to be so packed. Like <laughs> I don't I don't like that yeah. much filling. Like just take a regular loaf and put the jam and peanut butter it's on it with just, a little bit of bacon. You don't need that much. You don't need to hollow out the bread. It's so much. That's gross. Um so it's cloying. Uh, it's like it's yeah.
0: really some of these have like longer descriptions than others. Um, well, this one looks good. Francis Inha from Portugal.
1: I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Wet cured ham, linguiça, fresh sausage, steak, or other roast meat topped with melted cheese, a hot thick tomato, and beer sauce.
0: Ooh, that does sound good. That's I love a indulgent. hot thick tomato. <laughs> Me too. Um, I want to talk about cutlet sandwiches. Oh, those are good which originates in United States, Italy, Austria. Um, this one has an interesting story behind it. Um, It's especially popular where there are large populations of immigrant Italians. These cutlet sandwiches are made with breaded veal or chicken cutlets. They can be served with provolone cheese, long hots, chili peppers, or sautéed greens. I love people who call chili peppers long hots (laughs) (laughs) Um, or (laughs) sautéed greens. Sometimes they are served Parmesan style with tomato sauce, mozzarella, and Parmesan cheese. Breaded cutlets, schnitzels, Cotoletta or Escalope may have first appeared on the wider European culinary scene with the Napoleonic armies for conservation purposes. Napoleon offered a monetary reward to the person who developed a method to transport conserved food for a longer amount of time that then could be consumed unspoiled. Although the breading of meat concept was not the winner, it was a culinary development that was quickly adopted in northern Italy. The original Viennese Schnitzel of of breaded veal, pork, or chicken, which originated in various forms beginning around the seventeenth century, was adapted to a roll sandwich in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, served with mayonnaise or mustard and lettuce. It did not transfer to the to American cuisine as its Italian relative did, but remains popular today throughout Central Europe. This Isn't is that also interesting.
1: That's interesting. And I feel like there's so many um kind of breaded cutlets tile things in so many different countries. Like in Japan, there's like breaded cutlet yeah. sandwiches that you can buy at like train stations and stuff and like convenience stores and yeah. they're really good and they have they always have like the crusts cut off and they're super soft and then i think those are on here somewhere they're good and then breaded cutlets are so popular in argentina probably coming from like all the italian immigrants and german immigrants also yeah. um and they're called milanesa
0: yeah the J- japanese a version is called uh, katsu sandu oh yeah there you go Sando. yeah which is d- breaded, deep fried pork cutlet. Yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so hungry.
0: <laughs> I know we are recording this right before lunchtime. Um, I don't have any of these sandwiches.
1: <laughs> a juicy Lucy. Do you want to hear about the juicy Lucy? I always. She is a cheeseburger with the cheese inside the meat patty rather than on top. What? How do you do that? <laughs> Wait,
0: say that again.
1: <laughs> The cheese is inside the meat instead of on top, resulting in a melted core of cheese. Two bars in Minneapolis claim to be the inventor of the burger, while other bars and restaurants have created their own interpretations. This sounds like a mess.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a real uh, Juicy Lucy. There's it's what's so interesting is like there's so many of these are open face sandwiches, but then open face sandwiches is its own thing on the list. Yeah. And it's attributed to Nordic and it says consist of a single slice of bread with one or more food items on top. See also pizza.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh come on. (laughs) Which is like, what? (laughs) I have had a Monte Cristo. Oh yeah. Those seem really um heavy they're wild it's uh sliced ham and cheese between slices of french toast and then it's batter fried and then sprinkled with powdered sugar and served with jelly (laughs) i think i had one at like uh cafe 50s oh really yeah or like or swingers or something a long time ago Oh, one of those places it was way too too much but it was good yeah um there's a mother-in-law That's a hot dog bun containing a Chicago-style corn roll tamale topped with chili. What? Why is it called a mother-in-law? I don't know. It comes from Chicago. A tamale topped with chili served in a hot dog bun. I'm sorry I had to describe it again. I just couldn't quite understand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one of the items on this list is a um sealed crustless sandwich which is i think originally how um the person who submitted this page came to find it which was they had looked at the page for sealed crustless sandwich on its own because uh there's been like controversy around it it's uh the filling in this sandwich is sealed between two layers of bread by a crimped edge and has the crust subsequently removed A popular variety in the United States is peanut butter and jelly. This type of sandwich is mass-produced by the J.M. Smucker Company under the brand name Uncrustables. That's right. And they tried to patent it, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't because they were like, you can't patent the idea of sealing the edge of a sandwich. That's that's something that (laughs) exists. Um, So I think that that is uh, interesting if you're interested in legal battles over sandwiches.
1: There's a new... um restaurant uh i think they opened in like the downtown like um that market that grand uh, central central market yeah Yeah. and they serve those sandwiches and they had like a video on twitter that i watched and it looked so gross they put so much peanut butter and jam in the middle again it was like just too much filling and like when people
0: (laughs) bit into it it would just like ooze out it's just like it's too much it doesn't seem (laughs) good it's too much A lot of the ones on here that really gross me out are the ones where they like basically make like something like a cake, but with like savory sandwich things like a smorgashtarta from Sweden. It's multiple layers of white or light rye bread containing creamy fillings such as egg and mayonnaise, liver pate, olives, shrimp, ham, various cold cuts, caviar, tomato, cucumber, cheese and smoked salmon. And the picture just looks like a giant, like horrible salty cake.
1: (laughs) I hate that. Yeah. Just
0: make a cake. Just uh, make a cake or just make a sandwich. There's one called the Rachel. A <laughs> Rachel. Oh, God, everyone was eating Rachel sandwiches in the <laughs> 90s when friends came out. <laughs> where did this come from? It doesn't even have a link. It just says United
1: States. It's a Reuben with pastrami instead of corned beef and coleslaw instead of sauerkraut. Okay. It's okay. pretty boring. It's just called <laughs> Rachel. I guess I guess it's a counterpart to Reuben. Like you, oh, need, a, you need a lady. got so it. It's like yeah. A, like Cro- a crook madame, madame versus yeah.
0: a yeah interesting um there is another one that i wanted to talk about um oh, god sorry i can't find it um vegemite is disgusting i hate it it's tastes bad uh, i don't like it. it yeah but it's on the list it says vegemite and it's just vegemite is a dark brown australian food paste made from used brewer, brewer's yeast extract a Byproduct of beer manufacturing, various vegetables, wheat, and spice additives. It's a spread for sandwiches, toast, crumpets, and cracker biscuits, as well as a filling for pastries. I should be the target audience for this kind of food because, like, I love nutritional yeast. Yeah, but I just have never liked it. I like every time I've tried it, it's really grossed me out for some reason. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> One thing is, that is interesting is there are just so many sandwiches that have just like noodles or spaghetti in them
1: yeah like spaghetti sandwiches from australia cooked spaghetti sauce and bread i mean yes would i eat it yes i would (laughs) do i endorse it no i
0: don't think it's a good idea um there's also uh yakisoba pan from japan which is a hot dog bun stuffed with fried noodles frequently topped with pickles dang yeah um and then there's also um the we haven't talked as we talked a little bit about elvis but there's an Elvis sandwich which is peanut butter banana and bacon.
1: Oh yeah. I which that I, sounds good.
0: I've had peanut butter and banana and that's good. I bet the bacon's good, but I've never I don't I don't eat bacon so I like bacon. I,
1: I I I would eat this. Yeah. I must admit. Yeah.
0: Um I would love for um any of our listeners to take some time and try and make some of these sandwiches that whatever seems the grossest to you.
1: Make this your quarantine hobby, <laughs> making a different kind of sandwich every day. Yeah. How about a toast Hawaii? That's a slice of toast with ham, a maraschino cherry in the middle of a pineapple slice, and cheese, grilled from <sighs> above so the cheese melts. And that's from Germany. <laughs> that is not from Hawaii. And not from Hawaii. It's Weird. Called, it's called Hawaii because it has pineapple in it. Just because it has pineapple. Weird. Yeah. It was invented or at least made popular by the German TV cook Clemens Wilmenrod.
0: Okay. There was really a period of time when, like, the exploitation of Hawaiian land led to <laughs> a pineapple craze across the world. Yeah. And people were just putting pineapple in everything. They truly were. Yeah. Um, it's good. I, just I, think, I like pineapple. It took me a long time to like pineapple. I don't know why I didn't like it at first. I think maybe because my first exposure to it was on pizza, where it does not belong.
1: It's a bit acidic. It definitely, like, stings my... My yes, a bit. but it is so
0: delicious it's yeah. like ju- juicy gold you know yeah i can't believe it took me so long to like it but um i like it now um <laughs> anyway there we could go on and on there are so many interesting and weird sandwiches on this list
1: yeah i think i covered my faves yeah, Just, I which think one's I did too. Mine's juicy Lucy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I feel like there's one more I wanted to talk about, and it might be this one because I think it sounds. Is it hot brown? No, wait. What's the hot brown? <laughs> hot
1: brown comes from Louisville, Kentucky, and it's an open-faced with turkey and bacon, topped with mornay sauce, and baked or broiled. And it's a variation of Welsh rarebit. What is mornay oh. sauce? Oh, that's a bechamel.
0: Yeah. Mornay sauce is good. Um, Hot. Brown. No, I think the one that I was just gonna read is the um, the Metbrotchen, just because it the picture is of of many revolting pictures on this page, the most revolting looking one. Oh, oh! <laughs> uh, it, it hails from Germany. Open sandwich consisting of a sliced bun topped with seasoned minced pork without bacon frequently with a garnish of raw onion rings or or diced raw onion and it just looks like raw meat this meat is raw yeah oh and it's, eaten
1: raw usually on a bread roll what the fuck this is like what the fuck
0: yeah it's pretty gross looking germany
1: you crazy you're crazy for this <laughs> yeah
0: and a couple other things yeah yeah mostly yeah this. <laughs> uh yeah uh, I'm sure we we skipped over some very interesting sandwiches. I'm sorry, but please explore this page on your own and find your favorites, and get into really intense discussions in the um talkback uh <laughs> editing page of this Wikipedia page on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thank you so much for sending us this page. That yeah. concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn?
1: Oh dear. What did I learn?
0: Lisa, what did you learn today? Um,
1: um, I don't know. I'm hungry. I can't think. Uh, <laughs> you learned about Napoleon. I did. I learned about Napoleon's connections to those sandwiches Sh- to what are schnitzel they called?
0: cutlets. Yeah, yeah. Schnitzel cutlets, etc.
1: I did not know. I'll promptly um, forget. What did you learn?
0: Well, I already knew that. Um, I learned that. What was the thing you were talking about before?
1: The what book thing? That Adam, the book that oh,
0: Adam. Oh, Yeah. Um,
1: oh yeah, I Nick's, learned that thing you said about uh people not becoming <laughs> more conservative yeah. as they age.
0: That's an important and, one. And I learned that we are both not going to read books. Hey, sometimes I read a book. <laughs> I occasionally read a book. Not me, baby. Never. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. Um, <laughs> uh, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can follow us online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm at Lisa Draws on Instagram. Uh, please rate us five stars you can email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com
1: uh send us wiki links send us butt pics send us anything you want to send us
0: yes thank you to uh our producer rob para
1: thanks for um, our music nate heller and, and good-
0: goodbye baby Yay. Geniuses, we know everything baby geniuses we know everything we know everything, baby geniuses. We know
1: everything. Baby Geniuses is supported in part by Wish's Tea Company, a queer-owned dog-loving tea-drinking pop-and-pop micro-business. Their Leaf and Leash tea lines feature tea for humans inspired by dogs and dog breeds. For example, the Labrador Retriever Herbal Energizer is a lemony fresh tea that can put a spring in your step without caffeine because we all know labs need no caffeine to be full of energy. Seriously, they have so much energy. You can even commission a silhouette piece of art based on a dog in your life to put on a label. That's a great gift for dog lovers. They sent me an Annie's Chai Elixir with a silhouette of my own dog on it, and it has ginger, cinnamon, clove, and it tastes so delicious. It's this really high-quality loose-leaf tea. It tastes like fall. I love it. Uh, $1 from each pouch sold goes to support Old Dogs Haven, a shelter for older dogs in Washington State. So whether you like tea, like dogs, or both, give Wishes Tea a try. It's tea for humans inspired by dogs. Don't give it to your dog. Dogs don't drink tea. Go to WishesTea.com and use code Geniuses for free shipping on any purchase of $60 or more. Enjoy tea, support a small business, and do good in the world all at once. Hey, I'm Janet Farney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95! We did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion?
0: We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess.
1: The truth is, it was
0: both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan Michael Key
1: to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between.
0: My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage.
1: The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun.
0: MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.